0: From the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. Oh, hello. Another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is here The only pod, there's like a million podcasts, right? Everybody has a podcast. I'm pretty sure the guy who does my landscaping has a podcast. Everyone does. This is the only one that's hosted by an automotive marketing person who used to work at a radio station. It's pretty niche. So I appreciate you listening. It's mostly about automotive marketing. Obviously, it's right there in the name. So if you're in the automotive industry, whether you're an executive manager, general manager, sales manager, you're a vendor agency, then you'll probably find the podcast interesting and maybe even entertaining, although probably not, but hopefully interesting. And if you're not in that industry, then you might not be interested. (laughs) I'm just going to come out and say it, but uh, hopefully uh, you'll enjoy it. Multi-Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson brought to you by Stoke, which is my delicious iced coffee that I love, cold brew. Hashtag not an ad. They don't pay me, although maybe someday if I talk about it enough, maybe they will. I think that's how it works on social media. But I wanted to talk a little bit about social media today and not TikTok because I still can't find a TikTok expert and I'm all upset about it. I know you heard my last episode maybe and uh, I'm all fired up about the TikTok, but I do love Instagram. That's probably my favorite Uh, social media platform. So I wanted to find somebody who could talk about Instagram and I found a guy's a social content manager at agency 53. And I hope I can pronounce his name right. It's Joey Engelman. Is that right? Nailed it. Nailed it. Joey. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. How are you doing?
1: Yeah. Good. How are you?
0: We're recording this a little early and you're on mountain time. So I appreciate you getting up early. Do you have any stoke?
1: No, but I'm going to check this out. That was a good plug. Thank you.
0: Hashtag not an ad. I get that from my old radio days. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Let's talk about. Um, I want to talk about Instagram, uh, but first, let's talk about. Uh, there used to be a, a meme that was floating around that uh, was pointing out the differences between like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, and LinkedIn. And it, I don't really remember it, but it was like you know, Facebook is like meeting somebody like at a bar. You know, Twitter is like meeting them on the street or whatever. LinkedIn's like meeting them in a business meeting. You know, what do you think the main differences in terms of um, maybe content or the audience is between Facebook, Twitter and Instagram?
1: That is a good question to start off with. Um, I think that Instagram is mainly just like such a visually engaging platform. I think that with Facebook and Twitter, you can get away with not having um, obviously any like photos or videos. Yeah. And uh, I think with Twitter, it's such a news heavy platform nowadays it's almost kind of like half of twitter is news oriented and the other half is like diary oriented
0: yeah yeah you know if i look at my twitter feed obviously it has a lot to do with who you follow and you know what those people like and retweet you know my twitter feed used to be like all nascar i used to have a nascar talk show so it's like all nascar people and then when i finished doing that i wanted less nascar news so i had to like go through this mass deletion or unfollowing of people on Twitter, but now somehow my Twitter feed is all politics and I can't make it stop.
1: <laughs> I think everyone is dealing with that right now. You know, I think that there's just no hiding from it nowadays.
0: I find Twitter to be cool. Like, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the show live PD on A E. No, I haven't. It's like uh camera crews. It's like cops only. It's live. Like camera crews follow, you know, seven police departments around on Fridays and Saturday nights for three hours. It's on E. And, uh, you know, the hosts just they jump from, you know, department to department and, you know, they'll follow along and watch a guy do a traffic stop and write a guy a ticket. And and it's it's interesting. But there's a huge social media following at hashtag live PD And I will follow along while I'm watching the show and read everybody's comments. And some of the stuff is hysterical, like it's almost like a companion to the show. Um, I love that. like it's a, you know the second screen entertainment thing but i agree it's yeah, like totally. a newsfeed or a diary facebook is a lot of is text heavy but instagram i like because of the photos and videos but i feel like for me anyway instagram is more like air quotes fun and less political or argumentative or that kind of thing
1: yeah i think that's a good point too i think that yeah even pulling linkedin into the world a little bit i think compared to all of the other platforms instagram is much more um easy going I think yeah. that that's much more of a of a platform that encourages content that is just kind of like here it is this is just yeah. fun and um, I think that there are obviously are ways to sprinkle in educational and, and informational content but more than anything it's just for the entertainment side of things
0: you know I find when I first got on Instagram I find that like on Facebook um, like I would get annoyed if somebody posted too much on Facebook right but on Instagram I feel like it's almost like allowable, like it's okay. Like it doesn't, it doesn't bug me. Frequent Instagram posts or photos, I feel like are more socially acceptable than on Facebook.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that um, whenever I'm talking to someone about like developing an Instagram content strategy, one of the things that I have to like pound into their brain is that consistency is such an important factor in it. And in fact, like you, you will never post too much on Instagram, just with the way that the algorithm is set up and, on top of the fact that, like, if someone's following you, they want to see your content. Like, if you're providing really valuable content to them, then there's really whatever the, the metric in your head is of like, I'm gonna post too much if I do this, you're never gonna reach that amount. Right. Um, I usually tell people, like, Instagram stories you should have that ring lit 100% of the time, like, there should always be at least one thing on your Instagram story, yeah. And in terms of posting in the feed. Some of my accounts that i that i I'm, i I run so many Instagram accounts and some of them I post upwards of six times a day. Oh, and wow. like, I've never, I've never gotten anyone complain about like, you're posting too much. In fact, like most of the time people are like, I love this, but like post more. Um, so as long as you're like hitting hard on value points and your, and, and your followers understand the value that your content is bringing, don't ever worry about posting too much on Instagram.
0: Yeah. I like Instagram stories as well. I find that like personally, and I don't have like a business page, my page, I do a lot of Instagram stories because I think they're like good quick hits. They're usually funny. You know, sometimes I'll make Mm -hmm. them like 10, you know, 10 stories connected, you know, whether the first one is like a screenshot of something and then five comments on it and then the screenshot again, and then walking back the original comments and you know, something like that. But like following like David Spade as an example on Instagram, it totally entertains me. He's got Mm. like 2 million followers and he puts up content all the time. He's got more people following him on Instagram than watch his show on comedy central.
1: That's incredible.
0: (laughs) I mean, you know, cable networks, you're getting, you know, 200,000, 700,000 viewers, you know, a, a million on a good day on a cable network. And he's got 2 million people on Instagram. The question is, is how do you measure success in an Instagram story? Is it views? Is it people who, who comment that comes to you in a message? Is it open? Is it followers? Like, like, how do you measure, how do you know if what you're doing is working for your business, not for your personal account?
1: Right. I think, I mean, I think that that's such a subjective thing. I think it's totally up to the person that's running the account or the business that, that owns it. Um, I mean, there's a ton of metrics that you can look at. Unfortunately, Instagram is very primitive with the analytics that they provide. But, I mean, you can learn a lot from the ones that they do have. So, like, the impressions that you're getting, um, I think if it's more of, like, the brand brand awareness route where you're just wanting as many people to see your story, then, then yeah, impressions is, is, is definitely the, the thing to monitor. Um, if you're trying to get people to – if you're trying to funnel people away from, the, from, from your Instagram, then, yeah, like, seeing how many people swipe up and, and, and click your, your web link, I think that that's another metric to track. Um, and then, in terms of engagement, like if you have one of those stickers where you're asking someone a question, or if it's a poll, um, it all come, comes down to each individual story and each individual account.
0: So, like on Facebook, when you set up a personal page and you set up a business page, it's a different process. On Instagram, when you set up a personal page or you're an influencer or a, or a, you know a, a business, you, you set it up. You set it up the same way. or Is there a difference?
1: Um, it's pretty much the same way. And then you kind of just like click a couple buttons and then it'll turn it into a business or um, now they also have creator accounts. Um, I always recommend to people, if you're wanting to take Instagram seriously, always switch to a business account. Uh, one of the two, um, just so you can get those really, really important analytics that can kind of uh, help you track your course and help mm-hmm. like develop a roadmap of, of where you can take your content. Um, it cannot hurt. People always ask me like, is, is, Instagram going to be like, is it going to affect my, my overall reach or engagement if I switch to a business account? And I, if that's just totally not the case. It, it's much more of a help than, than anything else.
0: Now with Instagram, do you, you recommend that, um, you know, businesses or, or, uh, you know, or pages post both in the feed and in stories or focus on one or the other? Cause I've noticed a trend where a lot of people or celebrities, um, you know, or brands will spend most of their effort on stories and not on their actual feed. Is there a, a, a sort of a reason or a advantage to that?
1: Hmm. I think it's all about balance. Um, I think that covering all all of your ground is 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 definitely a, an important factor in a content strategy. I would even start now sprinkling in um, into your content strategy going live because. Especially right now with everything that's going on, uh, that has become such a large like that's just become another game in and of itself. And um another thing worth noting is that um anytime Instagram comes out with a new uh product or a new feature, I always try to emphasize on that because they really like people that are able to play the game and like stay up to date with the game because then they'll kind of reward you in the um, in the algorithm and everything, I almost kind of consider it like you're appeasing Instagram gods.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) yeah,
1: right. And by appeasing the Instagram gods, you want to do pretty much a little bit of everything you want to post on your feed. You want to post in your stories, go live every once in a while. And also very important is engaging with your community. So going into the hashtags that are relevant to your niche and, um, liking and commenting with people and, um, and replying to those comments in turn, uh, yeah, I think more than anything, just like, don't focus on just one pillar. You got to kind of cover all of your territory.
0: Can a personal account or like my account, uh, do the swipe up thing? Like I can't like, or is that only for business or a, a content creator?
1: It's only for, uh, accounts with more than 10,000 followers right now. Oh, you so think so you I'm, have I'm to, only
0: 9,872 short.
1: Oh, you're so close. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah I think that there are some there are some ways around it. I think that if you kind of like somehow prove that you're a business account um,
0: uh-huh.
1: before you have ten thousand followers, sometimes they do allow it uh, but that's usually kind of the benchmark. Gotcha.
0: so if you're starting if you're starting out uh, handling a client or handling a business or an influencer whoever you're handling uh, with Instagram, how do you determine like what your content strategy is? Like do you sit down with them and say, okay, here's what you're about. Here's what the plan is going to be. Or do you kind of try and figure out as you go along or, or like, how do you wrap your head around what the strategy is going to be for a new uh, account?
1: It's a little bit of both. I think a lot of it is just um, pre-planning and getting a good lay of the land, figuring out what you're, um, I kind of try to figure out uh, for a brand new account, at least, um, or in, a new, an account that I'm just now joining or helping manage. Um, I like to kind of separate all of the two, all of the accounts within the niche into influencers and competitors. Um, influencer accounts are accounts that are just like way ahead of you. Um, they have tens of thousands of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers. And also, and the competitors are the ones that are kind of within within your reach. Um, and learning what each different account are doing, uh, what, what each accounts are doing, mm-hmm. um, in both of those pillars uh and that kind of using i would use the influencer accounts to kind of influence the type of content that you're using and i would use the competitor accounts to influence the type of strategy that you're using um so i would look at the hashtags that they're using i would um see uh how often they're posting what Hmm. time they're posting um and then once you have a kind of a solid content strategy to begin with, and then it kind of becomes trial and error. Uh, I'm not afraid to experiment. Um, I I sometimes consider the Instagram world. I, I, I'm such a weird person when it comes to like metaphors, but I almost kind of consider it. You're, you kind of have to have to act like a paleontologist and you're kind of just like (laughs) digging around for different like dinosaur fossils looking for that big T Rex head. Um, I like it. Yeah.
0: I like it. Um, I'm talking with uh, Joey Engelman here on Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson about Instagram. Um, You know, so talking about like a lot of times when I'm talking to, uh, you know, dealers, I'm coming from the automotive side of it and you're talking to dealers about Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or YouTube. A lot of times dealers will go, what do I post? Like they don't even like they go, okay, I know I need to be there. I know it's important, but where do I start? Now I'm not asking you, obviously, because you're not in the automotive industry, so you shouldn't be able to answer that question. But you know, how do how should how should businesses think about it in terms of like types of content they need to be considering? Because so a lot I of people think, start an account, make yeah. a post, and then not do anything for six months. Like consistency is important, right?
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So I think that this answer I can kind of break into two parts. Okay. The big four elements of Instagram that I always tell people is content consistency, hashtags, and networking. We already kind of touched on the consistency side of things. And in terms of the hashtags, a, a lot of it just comes down to understanding like your competitors and seeing what they're doing. When it comes to content, I think that no matter what niche you're in and no matter what community you're in, it's always going to come down to the value points that you're providing. People don't want to follow an account unless you're providing some type of value in their feed. Um, and so... At the agency world, at, at my agency that I work at, and my side projects that I work on as well, I always try to break every single post into four categories of value: whether you're informing, educating, entertaining, or inspiring. If you can, if you can touch one of those value points with every single post, hopefully, maybe even more than one of those value points, then you're winning. Um, so, in the automotive industry, I think that there are a lot of opportunities to inform and educate. Yeah. Um, I think that if you get a little bit creative with it, you can absolutely entertain. And, um, I think that there's definitely routes that you can, can inspire as well.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. Uh, let's talk about hashtags. I feel like, um, like if I hashtag Stoke, like, how do I get, like, do people search? So let's say, let's say I am, uh, I want to, I'm on a Mets game, Right. If we're ever allowed to go to baseball games again, and I'm at a Mets game, and uh, can I f- find, follow other people who are there or who are making posts about the Mets? Like, is that what the point of a hashtag? Like, explain hashtags to me.
1: I think in that situation, you'd probably be best uh, looking at the location. But yeah, you, you can also do that too. Do that with hashtag. I didn't know that. What's that? You can do that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, if you if you add, add a location to your post, um, so if you type in. Uh, well, they don't go to, they're not in Shea Stadium anymore. City, 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 City field. field. Yeah. <laughs> you can click on that and then you could see um, all of the top posts, which are all of the like top performing um, posts that have been made in a in, in the most recent amount of time. Yep. And you can also click recent and that's probably your best route. And you could probably find a ton of people that are currently there right now um, or at the game with you at that time. Um, when it comes to hashtags, the way that I kind of describe it is, it is it's a great way to kind of open the door to your content to invite other people to see it. Um, it also, though, helps Instagram categorize your account, which is huge when it comes to um, getting more people to see your your content, specifically through the Explore page. Um, if you're not familiar with the Explore page, uh, when you go to Instagram and you type and you click on the magnifying glass at the bottom left, mm-hmm. that's your Explore page. And if you were to look at your Explore page on your phone, and you were next to a friend and you clicked on their Explore page on their phone, it would be two completely different. Um, two completely different tabs. And it's because it's customized to whoever's Instagram account you're looking at it through. So, if you are super into the Mets, specifically baseball, and you click on your explore page, you're going to see a ton of sports content because you've told Instagram, this is the content that I want to see. Oh, interesting. And so, if you use a lot of hashtags related to hashtag baseball, hashtag New York Mets, hashtag New York, um, you have a more likelihood, like a higher chance. Of Instagram being like, okay, well, this is their content that they're, po- they're that they're producing, and this person likes the New York Mets, and that's the kind of opportunity that Instagram has to sync up your content with people that might like your content. And on top of that, um, hashtags are a great opportunity for you to uh, to get in front of a lot of people outside of just the Explore page, but also with hashtags themselves, because nowadays you're able to follow different hashtags. So um. in my case, I. Um, I have a space account where I just post a ton of space artwork for saw that. people. That That's cool. Outer stuff. space, Yeah. And so I use hashtag space, hashtag outer space and people that love people that follow hashtag space and hashtag outer space. Um, if my post is performing really well, um, it will now show up in their feed, in their homepage. And the value of that is just unbelievable oh, because yeah. they don't even have to know I exist and they'll see my content.
0: I'm learning a lot here. I didn't realize I was going to learn so much. This, I'm
1: right. I, I've taken more notes. Look at this. I've taken more
0: notes oh, about nice. this conversation. The first thing I wrote down was pale, paleontologist. Just so you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the most important.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I just
1: love Instagram. I get, I yeah. geek out like crazy. I, I will talk someone's ear off about it.
0: So let's say, you know, I have an auto dealer or, you know, who's listening, who is going to start an Instagram Account and we've established that they should make posts that are either informative, educational, entertaining, or inspiring. I can think of a million examples of things an auto dealer can do that checks off one or two of those boxes, no problem. Um, but then the question is, how do they get more followers?
1: Um, it that goes into the fourth pillar of Instagram, which is networking, and I think that it's, um, I know that Gary V he has a, a saying where it's just like, I think it's like jab, 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 right hook. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also say another similar quote of just give, 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 get. Um, you have to provide a lot of content, a lot provide a lot of value to your community in order for it to then come, come back around for you and uh, gain followers and gain fans. So um, especially early on in your account, when you're just wanting to like get into the community, um, engaging is such an important factor in it so just like spending i would dedicate if you have the time to um every, every like maybe like four or five times a day just go into your instagram account and engage for 15 minutes with with as many people in your community as you possibly can um finding them through hashtags even going onto the explore page that amount of time is is so valuable and um people will then try to like, you know, reciprocate it a little bit because that's kind of what a whole community is all about. And it's a great starting point.
0: Now let's talk about it from a standpoint of like, as an example, this podcast, should I have an Instagram account? Is there an advantage to having an Instagram account for the podcast? Like the podcast has its own Facebook page, right? Is there an advantage to having an Instagram account for that?
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean you could do that or if you have your personal account where you it, it's it's a personal brand right. and you wouldn't consider the the podcast like an attachment to your personal brand, right. um you can do that. Um I that, think that that there's really work. no harm in it for per- my personal that? My, that
0: won't work. My personal brand on Instagram is more pictures of my kids kicking each other, uh whiskey, <laughs> cooking blue apron, or uh that's about it. So it doesn't okay. really fit yeah, into the a, personal brand account. so much.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, here's a picture of me drinking some bullet bourbon. And oh, by the way, listen to my podcast.
1: But I think too. But hey, if they're, if they're diehard fans of you, like, and they're willing to invest right. in whatever you're doing. So your kids blue apron and, and a podcast, then, then yeah, that would be a good place for it. But if you're wanting to develop an entire account specifically to, um, podcast content, then, then yeah, there's definitely no harm in making a separate account. There's
0: no diehard fans of me. So maybe a separate, a separate account <laughs> would, uh, would be, okay. be would be beneficial. Uh, back to Instagram stories real quick. They last 24 hours, right? Is there is are those archived? Is there a way for that content? Once you put that content out there after 24 hours, it's gone forever.
1: Not necessarily. They've made a new um, feature. I I don't want to call it new because it's been out for, I think, a couple years. But you can have Instagram story highlights um, where they'll live right underneath your bio. So they'll definitely be a part of that first impression that people have of your account. Um, And that kind of, if you you have any posts on your Instagram story that you want to save permanently, you can archive them. Onto your story highlights, and you can save them by different categories. Uh, tons of value there because if you have an amazing story, uh, Instagram story that you don't want to have just a twenty-four hour shelf life, you can add it there, and it's there for good.
0: One thing that's been happening in the automotive industry is, you know, manpower. There's a manpower issue at car dealerships, and car dealerships have a hard time focusing on something that you can't directly attribute to generating revenue. Now, we know that social media is a benefit and it helps with customer interaction, whether it's uh, communicating with existing customers or driving customers to your store. But there's no direct line drawn for an automotive general manager to say, I spent X amount of money or X amount of time on social media and then I sold X amount of cars. And what happens in the automotive industry is anything that doesn't do that kind of gets pushed to the back burner. So a lot of auto auto dealerships do is, or manufacturers rather, is they have a software or they have a platform where you basically post content and it posts it across all of your social media platforms. And I know on Instagram, you can share your Instagram posts on Facebook. Is there an advantages to doing that or not doing it? Uh, or is it important that you're posting separate content across the multiple social media channels? That's a really long can, um, question. It's good
1: to... It's no, I think I got it. I think if you can have if you do have the ability to customize your content for each different platform, then go for it. Yeah. But I know that a lot of people just don't have that availability to it. And in that case, my opinion is share it share that one piece of content to as many different platforms as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's hard for me to be like, yeah, post completely different content on four different platforms multiple times a day, because I know that some yeah. people just don't have that that time.
0: My advice to dealers, and this is how I handled it when I was the marketing director at a group, was I would, you know, have a piece of content and then tweak it a little bit for each platform. So if it was a piece of content about I don't know, of a video of the service manager showing you how easy it is to change your battery in your key fob. You know, we might put that on Facebook as a like instructional video. Might put it on Twitter, change the text a little bit to be like, Yeah, we can make money off you for this, but you can really do it at home. All you need is a screwdriver, post the same video. Uh, You know, change the text a little bit for um, Instagram. Maybe make it sound a little more professional on the text if you're posting it on LinkedIn. Like just tweaking it a little bit for each platform. So it's not a carbon copy, but also, like you said, uh, who has the dealer's not going to have time to come up with, you know, three posts a day on four different social media networks. Let me do the math on that. That's that 20. It's three times 420.
1: Uh, three times four, that's
0: 12, 12. Right. Okay. So, you know, an auto dealer is not going to have time. Math's not my thing. I was told there'd be no math. Um, that's what I'm here for. uh, I was told, you know, I, I believe that an auto dealer is going to have trouble with that. So the question is, uh, is it beneficial for them to hire an agency to manage those things for them? Or are they better off having somebody in house who can do it themselves or maybe work with an outside agency? Like what, what's your strategy on that?
1: Yeah, I think in my opinion if you have the resources to uh to hire um a professional to do it then then you might as well. That mm-hmm. way that you can focus that way you can focus your time on the things that you're that you're the the most uh, equipped to. So right. uh in, in the real estate industry, we manage a lot of Instagram and Facebook accounts for people or for for properties. That way, their on-site teams can focus on what they're really good at, which is signing leases, taking tours, and providing on-site customer service. And we'll handle the other side of things. Um, on average, we save about 52 hours a year uh, per account that we that we're managing. Um, and not to say that there can't be any collaboration in that side of things too. Um, just because you have someone. Uh, operating your account for you doesn't mean that it's totally hands off. Um, it's usually super helpful helpful for the social media manager to at least get um, some updates, like either every week or every month, um, just so that they're they're in the loop on everything and they can kind of accommodate their their social content strategy around it.
0: Yeah, a lot of times, like my agency will ask a dealer to provide us with some. Uh, information that maybe we don't have access to, right? So pictures of Mm -hmm. customers picking up cars, pictures of all your cars buried in snow, like just some things that you just inherently can't do unless you're there. I find that if if, if a person at the location is interacting with a social media manager at the agency, it really helps kind of bring all the content together.
1: Yeah, totally. Like you said, there's a lot of things that are on site that the social media manager just doesn't have the ability to capture. So it's really helpful for for those on site to cre- uh, capture that content and then send it over to the social media manager and then they can kind of yeah. curate it the best way possible.
0: I feel like what happens, and I'm not sure if this happens a lot outside automotive, but uh, what happens a lot in, in my industry is a older manager or owner will say, oh, that's that social media. I'm going to have my son handle it. He's the expert. And then that guy really doesn't really know what he's doing besides just being an avid user of it in his personal life. Do you guys run into that kind of thing a lot across different industries?
1: Yeah, totally. And my, my big catchphrase that I say to people is that social media is kind of like a language. Most people can understand it, but not a lot of people can speak it. Right. So you want to find someone that can speak it.
0: I'd agree with that. What verticals or what industries does, um, does your agency primarily, uh, work with or, or have their expertise in?
1: Um, we work in the commercial real estate industry. Okay. So, um, student apartments, conventionals, and we're even getting into the senior, the 55 and up properties.
0: And that brings me to my next question that you just mentioned. What's the, like, what's the demographic? Like if, if you're a, if you're in a business that maybe, um, targets an older demo, are, are those people on Instagram,
1: um, not as much as the the younger kids. Mm-hmm. So I would usually recommend fa- focusing on a Facebook, uh, prioritizing on Facebook at least. Yeah. Um, and with that, I think that, uh, in my opinion, I think that Facebook has definitely transformed into a little bit more of a pay to play platform. Oh yeah. Um, which is totally fine. And in my opinion, I think that you can, if you have the budget to investing one hundred and fifty dollars a month into boosting your posts, can go a long way. That's five dollars a day. And um, that can really help you reach a ton.
0: I talk to my clients a lot about um, mission critical things, right? Auto dealers, you uh, know, auto dealers are, auto is a profitable business and a lot of money is spent on advertising. But sometimes a dealer will, will get it in their head like, oh, I got to spend, you know, this much money on this and this much money on that. And they forget some of the mission critical uh, things they need to focus on for social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, what would you, what would you consider? What would you say to a dealer is mission critical? Worry about this first walk before you can run.
1: Hmm. Are you talking about just in specifically like which platform or I
0: say platform, I say platform. Let's look at it like from a time perspective. You only have to, not even the the money part of it. Like they only have time to focus on one, but they need to focus on because most dealers have Facebook, Instagram. I mean, I'm just thinking of my clients. They have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts, right? And they either do, they do a really good job at one of those three. And the other two get ignored. Like I have a client who does a great job at Instagram. They have somebody, I mean, great jobs relative, but that, you know, they must have somebody in the, in the dealership who who likes Instagram They take a lot of pictures. They post the most frequently on that platform. Facebook kind of gets ignored. They haven't posted anything on Twitter since 2016. Is, is that the right approach or they need to balance it out a little bit more or what would you say to them?
1: I think if you have to focus on one platform, then, then, then yeah, I think it's okay to put all your eggs in that basket. And I think if I had to pick one platform, I would, pro- I would probably pick Instagram. Yeah. Um, not just because that's the, my preferred platform, but I also think that there's so much uh, opportunity to um, share valuable content from Instagram to Facebook when it comes to like, content on Facebook and Instagram, Instagram content can perform really well on Facebook, but Facebook content won't always perform really well on Instagram, if that makes sense. Uh, mainly because you're working with a feed on Instagram. So you're almost kind of like developing a mood board of sorts that will then represent right. your company. Um, so if you're if you're tailoring your content to Instagram and then just pushing it to Facebook, I think that there's a lot of um, opportunity to kind of double dip on that.
0: Yeah. And I feel like the dealer I have, that's really good at Instagram should be pushing, should be sharing. If they're not doing anything on Facebook, why aren't they at least sharing the, the, uh, Instagram content on Facebook? Yeah. Why not? I mean, I think you're better off doing, like, I agree with you. One platform really well, instead of three platforms really terribly. True. Like master something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Listen, I appreciate your time. I, like I said, I took more notes here than I have in any episode that I've recorded. I've got that's a win. Inform, educate, entertain, inspiring, right? When you're thinking about posting, are you are you covering one of those four things or, or more of those four things? I didn't know you could do the location, search by location, location tagging. That's pretty cool. I did mm-hmm. not know that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I wrote down, I have the worst handwriting. Content, something, hashtags, networking. What's the second okay, thing? So this is
1: the one that, that's probably consistency. <laughs>
0: yes, consistency. Hold on. I write like a three-year-old. Actually, my six-year-old. Okay, as long as you can read it, my six—I can't read it. My 6 year olds handwriting is as okay. good as mine. And then I wrote down paleontologist. Explain that to me again. Why did I write that down? Why did I write <laughs> down? Sure that why extra, did I write down like, paleontologist during an Instagram discussion?
1: I—I I definitely made you do that. I—I uh, I, just because I always use that metaphor of like, when I'm when I'm instagramming or like developing a content strategy i feel like a paleontologist yes. searching for dinosaur fossils got it
0: search so remember that for dinosaur that's gonna be the title of this podcast searching for dinosaur fossils
1: <laughs> side They're note going to be massively disappointed when we're talking about instagram
0: side note great name for a rock band searching for dinosaur fossils yeah i like that joey engelman social content manager at agency 53 i appreciate you getting up early and joining me this is awesome thanks very much
1: yeah you got it Have a good time. You got it. Have a good one. You too.
0: There you go. We learned it all about Instagram right there. Have no trouble getting an Instagram guy on the phone. If I could get a TikTok person, I'd be a little bit happier, but that was awesome. He did a good job. Thank you, Joey. He knows his stuff. Agency 53, social content manager Joey Engelman on Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. All right. Thanks for joining me. Time to go. I'm out of Stoke and my caffeine level is running low, so uh, I appreciate it. Another episode coming up Soon? bi weeklyish ish I don't know. Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by... Wait, this guy has sponsors? Oh, never mind. This sheet of paper's blank. No sponsors. That makes more sense. For updates, info, future episodes, and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.